Hello and welcome to the Glenn Merzer Show. Our special guest today is my new friend, Brian Denstedt. Brian is the founder of the Real Men Eat Plants website and blog and podcast and community. And uh, in another life, Brian uh, has a career as a fractional chief technology officer, whatever that is. I don't know. Brian, do you know what that is? I do. Yeah, I get okay, to work, work in so, that realm every day. So how did you go from fractional technology to whole foods? Yeah, it's uh, an exciting story for sure. And I just want to say thank you, Glenn, uh, for having me on the show. And it's been a real pleasure to get to know you over the, the brief time we've been working together. So um, I guess it was probably 12 or 13 years ago, I was living down in Florida and uh, went to the opening night premiere of Forks Over Knives. So wow. big shout out to Rip Esselstein and that whole crew for putting that movie together because I walked out of that movie theater shouting, Real Men Eat Plants, bought the domain <laughs> name, and uh, what, thir 12 or 13 years later now, it's I haven't quite looked back. So it was a big, big transformation for me. Was it? Did you become an overnight vegan? Um, I, I guess I, I had my stumbling blocks like all of us do as we embark on this journey. So yes, mm -hmm. I, I did something crazy. The movie kind of says like, I challenge you to do it. You've eaten meat your whole life. You, you know, give it up for 30 days. So I did, I went vegan for 30 days. Um, as soon as I walked out of the movie theater with no experience, no whatever. So at the end of 30 days, I was missing my ice cream and missing a few other things I really loved. And I was so sick of crappy salads <laughs> um, that I had forced myself to eat. But I saw the changes in my body uh, in a regular and, and drastic way. And so at the end of 30 days, I said, let me commit to going vegetarian for 30 days. Um, and I continued to see those changes uh, ripple. And then I was just so curious, like, where would I plateau? Um, and so it did take about seven months to plateau and I wound up losing about 40 pounds and almost 30 cholesterol points. And at mm -hmm. that point I was just sold and, and said, you know, this is, this is the path for me. So I've definitely, you know, fall back to vegetarian once in a blue moon here and there, but, uh, you know, I'd probably say I'm 95% vegan at this point, uh, on a regular basis. So I'm excited to to continue that path and help more men figure out that journey that I had to go on. Okay. Now the website is called realmeneatplants.com. You've just emphasized men. So what is it about men that you think needs to be focused on? Why isn't it real people eat plants or real men and women eat plants? Yeah, I mean, I, I do own those other domain names as well. So real <laughs> women eat plants and real people eat plants do do forward over to the real men side of it. But, you know, women are the caretakers of the house and women are the doctors of the house. Um, and, and the kids follow whatever the parents do. So um, the men are still in today's day and age, the typical leaders of the household in certain ways. Um and men have this very strong stigma against uh, meat, um, you know, with, with, with meat, you know, that meat is 
part of their identity being out on the grill and and killing the animals and you know and butchering them and frying frying them and grilling them and smoking them to perfection um it is a strong part of the male culture in america at least um and it's just not healthy right so I really want to try and target the men and, and help reduce and remove that stigma that you can still be extremely manly and not have to have bacon every day. Um, and, and that it's not sustainable for the planet. It's not good for your health. It's obviously not good for the animals. So all that stuff, but just trying to help be a strong voice in a, in a male dominated society um to help them realize that we we need to be part of the change the world needs to see of course less male dominated than before yes yes but well i mean as a chief technology officer sitting at the boardrooms i am still surrounded by primarily old white guys so we have got to change that in a big way as well yeah um why do you think men resist more the nutritional reality that plant foods, whole plant foods are the, the basis of the healthiest diet? Why do you think men resist that more than women? I don't know. I mean, like I said, I do think it's part of our culture that, you know, there, there's just something manly about eating the meat that we have to mm -hmm. change. But I, I also think, um, the FDA and other government programs that we were taught as kids in school and stuff didn't do a good enough job really educating on where, how, what is protein? It's an amino acid and those kinds of things and really helping showcase that as a man who works out and stuff that I need to get my protein um, and I have to get a certain amount of it to, to stay strong and stuff. And, and they, there's just not enough, I think men standing up and showcasing that the plant-based proteins will make you go faster, farther, stronger. Uh, but I think we're starting to see that. I think a large contingency went to that muscle building uh, program that were vegan and, you know, mm -hmm. Tennessee Titans and a few other football teams are, are pushing towards a more plant-based vegan type diet. Um, and so the I, documentary I do see, game changers. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, just the, <laughs> just that couple moments around the, the sexual wellness in game changers yeah. is just huge for, for men to realize, um, they could have a little bit more fun in a certain area of their life if they ate that veggie burrito <laughs> at right. lunch. So, right. um, and so at, after uh, seven months, you were sort of committed to this diet. Mm -hmm. um, your cholesterol went down. Any other health changes? And you lost how many pounds ultimately? Yeah, I mean, obviously it fluctuates here and there depending on the season. But, uh, you know, I probably about 40 to 45 pounds I lost. Mm -hmm. I was well over 200 pounds um, when I started. And, and now I'm, mm -hmm. I'm way down underneath that. And so... Um, I love to do triathlons now. Um, oh. and so I get, get out there and get, it's hard to do with the kids running around, but, um, try and get out there and do that. So when I'm in good training shape for that, um, I'm probably running a little leaner, but you know, it changes year to year, but I mean, I guess definitely I have felt, uh, more energy 
Um, I've definitely felt more clarity at times. I, I think I've really embraced uh, tea now. Um, just tea. Love, yeah, just I've never liked coffee. Um, and I did, you know, part of my journey was just to experiment with the numbers. I'm the computer nerd. So I've analyzed all my numbers and have done a few different blood tests throughout the years. And for some reason, coffee causes inflammation in my bloodstream. Like I've got the blood test to prove that kind of a thing. And so I've never liked the taste of tapioca and I've never liked the taste of coffee. And both of those showed up as like super high on my blood test results mm -hmm. as causing inflammation in, in my genetics. Um, and so it's funny because a lot of plant-based products really lean on tapioca. And as soon as I taste one, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is not for me. But, um, but yeah, it's been interesting to, to really, you know, dig into tea and, and experiment with different types of, of teas with certain mushrooms and this, that, and the other thing and figure out which ones really help me with that afternoon slump and, and stuff like that. A lot of gluten-free uh, recipes lean on tapioca. Do you try to be gluten-free or not? Um, no, I don't. I don't seem to have any problems with gluten. So, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I mean, obviously, I love like Rip's recipe for some breakfast cereals, and I'm a big fan of like Kamut. Um, so mm -hmm. I do. I do find myself uh, drawn towards more gluten-free type products, but. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I tend to look any, you know, I love to help all the plant-based companies out there grow. I want to get their product, try it, but I still seem to find that, you know, it's still quite a bit of processed foods. And I really think we should try to avoid the processed foods, or if we're going to process them, process them at home with one or two ingredients. Um, and so the tapioca, I have to look for the tapioca on the back of that and, uh, and, and just say, if it's got, if tapioca is in the first three or four ingredients, it's probably not going to jive well with me. Well, the other one to watch out for is coconut oil. Yeah. For some reason, the, the vegan food industry is just devoted to coconut oil. Mm -hmm. It's so many cheeses and fake meats and things yeah. in the vegan section of the average grocery store will be full of coconut oil. And the stuff is just deadly. It's just terrible. Yeah. It's, you know, you look at how much saturated fat is in a serving. It might be six, seven, eight, nine grams. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes a serving is less than the average person will eat. Yep. So people, you know, eating two servings of something with eight grams of saturated fat from coconut oil, they're getting as much saturated fat as I get in two weeks. Yep. You know? I, I it's agree. It's crazy. I agree completely. So I, mm. I do think that's where, as a society, like, can you imagine if everybody grew, like everybody in your neighborhood or my neighborhood just put out a small five by five garden or something like that. And you grow the cucumbers and I'll grow the tomatoes and we'll exchange. Like whenever I put out my tomatoes and cucumbers, I have more than enough for my whole neighborhood probably. Mm. So imagine if everybody grew a few vegetables at home, we shared them like we used to, and we just got back to our roots of how we were maybe a couple hundred years ago, growing our own vegetables, canning them, whatever we needed to do to get through the winter. Um, but yeah, so yeah. I don't know. My grocery bill tends to hit that uh, fresh produce section pretty hard every week. Uh-huh.
So what's an average dinner at your home? What what are your some go-to dinners? Um, for me, I'm a, I'm honestly, I'm a sucker for Indian food. So, uh, the rest of the family's not too keen on that yet, but I hope to, to bring them around, but I absolutely love my Instapot recipe for Chana Masala. So mm-hmm. the chickpeas, like I, I prep the, the chickpeas in bulk, maybe once a month, I freeze them all. And then I pop out a, a fresh, a fresh uh, freezer of the of the chickpeas, pop them in the chana masala with some nice onions, and and then I've got the really fancy rice cooker um, and make the really super fluffy jasmine rice, and mm-hmm. um, just absolutely love love that. So that's probably my go to. I make that every Monday, and I usually make a double or triple batch, and then I can have it for lunch throughout the week. Um, but that's probably my go-to. And how do you um, spice it up? What spices do you use? I, I honestly, I, I get whatever pepper is on sale that week at the stores, whether it's a serrano or a habanero or a, a, a jalapeno or whatever. And I usually, you know, dice that up pretty finely and pop that in the recipe with it. But um, as I'm trying to get the kids to eat that a little bit better. Uh, I tend to try and make a batch without it and then sprinkle the pepper on later. It's not the same as letting it simmer, but How about uh, those Indian spices like cumin things. Like oh that. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cumin, garam masala, um, definitely a little garlic and onion powders. Um, and then maybe a little paprika, smoked paprika. So the spices definitely bring yeah. out that Indian flavor. Those are some of the most nutrient dense foods in the world spices yeah absolutely and and honestly the one recipe i i use you know you're you're simmering the onions and then you're putting the actual cumin seeds in Mm -hmm. and you're sort of you know cooking and browning the cumin seeds Uh with the onions and that really brings out that nice cumin flavor um but so yeah and what what about breakfast what's a typical breakfast I'm pretty boring with my breakfast, honestly. The the Elmhurst um, cashew milk or the oat milk by Elmhurst is honestly uh-huh. just cashew nuts and water or or oats uh-huh. and water. Um, it's it's a little on the expensive side, but honestly, as a milk product, two ingredients, um, you can't go wrong with that. No emulsifiers like a lot of the other ones. So that's my probably go to milk for everything. And then um, I usually have. Either honestly, I'm, it's the Engine Two Rips Rips uh, uh, recipe there, um, and then um, the puffed kamut or or even puffed wheat. Um, pop that on there. I sprinkle a little bit of chia seeds, either raspberries, blueberries, whatever strawberries, whatever fruit I can pile on top of that, and then maybe a handful of pecans or walnuts. Um, so mm-hmm. make my own little cereal there and try and jazz it up a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's delicious. Um, Try it. <laughs> I tend to have hot cereals in the morning. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've my favorite lately, you ready for this? My favorite lately is buckwheat cereal. Okay. Which is so bland that let's say you had COVID and you lost your sense of taste. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you had buckwheat cereal. Yeah. It would taste like everything else. Yeah. Even when you got your taste back, you still wouldn't taste it. It's very bland, but I, I've come to love it. So awesome. the question is, why would I love something so bland? Yeah. 
Have you and tried? And the answer is, there's an answer here. I'll put fruit in it. I'll put berries in it. And then Absolutely. I'll put spices in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, bananas in it, whatever. And then this bland cereal tastes great. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm experimenting with the kids on Friday. We're trying to, to make our own pizzas. And so um, really trying to get them, encourage them to pick a little spice of some sort to pop on the pizza, whether mm-hmm. it's some nutritional yeast or, or I mean, I personally love the red pepper flakes, but just trying to take take the vegetables that are on the pizza and spice it up a little bit with something. So they're coming around slowly. Um, uh, have so you tried, ha- have you, ha- I want to ask, have you tried the oat groats? I, I think one of your other podcasts was mentioning the groats. I, um, I know my friend Chef AJ recommends oat groats. I don't know that I've ever had that. I usually have the, uh, the rolled oats or steel cut oats. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I heard your podcast on that, I don't know, a few weeks back, and uh-huh. I, I I ordered the one-pound bag of it. So I'm going to experiment with that one soon. Good. It sounds like a fun, interesting Let uh, me know how that goes. Right. Yeah. How about desserts? What kind of uh, indulgences do you allow yourself? Um, yeah, that's probably my weakness. I'm totally a sucker for the desserts. So that's something that, that I definitely need to continue to work on <laughs> cutting down on some of that sugar, but, um, yeah, I guess I have got a good supply of some, some sort of sustainably farmed, uh, dark chocolate that, that I probably, I probably have some on my desk here someplace. Yeah, I do right here. So (laughs) I just nibble one little square of this super dark chocolate now and then. Um, See if you can get through the podcast without any. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but the typically the darker chocolates have a little less sugar content in them. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'm a sucker for for chocolate. Other than that, uh, I don't know. I guess like last night, um, I really, I I had you know three or four kiwis that were about to to you know start turning a little bit. So I just sliced them all up and put out a big plate of those, and. Um, my sister and her family was over and she's like, my kids aren't going to eat that. And I got them each to try one and they all loved it. And the plate of Kiwi was, would disappeared before I knew it. So how about nice creams? Do you have that? I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I experiment, like I, I do want to support all the plant-based uh, ice creams and everything else out there. So I do give them a good try now and then, but. Or, or you, you can make it yourself just with frozen bananas. Yeah. 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 I, I do that. I do do that. So we, we usually make um, the little dollops um, of that kind of stuff with some, some dark chocolate chips and bananas or a little bit of peanut butter or something um, and then freeze those. So we do do that now and then. I do. I've tried a bunch of the the ice creams from the store. Um, haven't really found one that I felt like was healthy enough for me to continue. So, um, you're right. I probably need to get back to more of those nice creams. Yeah. Um, and have you convinced other people? You may well have through your website, but person to person, have you convinced mm-hmm. other people to change their diet? Yeah, I mean, on the website, we do have the 30-day challenge. So if you know anybody out there that, that you want to just help push, um, have them head over to Real Men Eat Plants and just pop their email address in, and they'll get some supporting emails to give, in my opinion, 
um, that 30 day challenge a try and, and, and just see how it goes. Um, so, you know, my family really struggled with this hard when I told them, Hey, uh, you know, I'm not eating that anymore. Uh, and they're like, you know, why I, we don't, you know, so I said, well, just, you know, do your research, look this up. And so my, uh, my mom has definitely, you know, cut way back on her sodium. Like I'm just taking her to the store and showing her for 15 cents more for a can of beans or a can of whatever, you can drastically reduce the sodium down to almost zero on most products. And so it's not worth saving the 15 cents to, to cut the sodium out. So that's been really eye-opening to watch my mom shift uh, her diet. My sister has um, been vegetarian now for three years. So she still needs to work on on a few things there, but I'm pushing her and, and guiding her. And I made um, a really amazing like smoked tempeh sandwich for her when she was down visiting. Uh, and she thought that was phenomenal. I said, that's completely vegan. So you don't, you don't need the, you don't need the cheese and stuff. So I think she'll come around sooner or later. And then, uh, one of my good friends, um, she, uh, she's just has genetically high cholesterol. And, you know, I said like, explore this diet and I, I encourage you to take that challenge. And so she did, she said, she doesn't back down from a challenge. I challenged her. And um, she hasn't turned back either. So she's been, I yeah. think, going on two years now. So that, I definitely have had a few friends, um, you know, have that discussion and that deeper dive with me. And uh, and they've experimented and, and realized it might be the better path. So, And have you encountered a lot of resistance? With other yes, people? I encounter resistance all the time from my family to like, I'm a, I, I sit at the boardroom tables a lot, right? And so just yeah. going into the boardroom for a two-hour, three-hour boardroom, and they've got snacks, and none of them are, are healthy, you know? Right. So I put in the request next time, you know, I'm expecting some fresh fruit. I'm expecting some plant-based sandwiches or something um, to to help change the the thing. So I do... I do think I'll have some influence on some of the lunchroom vending machine choices as a technology leader at companies. Um, but it's, you know, even, even at Easter just last weekend, it was, um, you know, some of my family ribbing me, Oh, well, Brian doesn't eat that, uh, kind of a thing. So you, you, you encounter that everywhere you go and, and, you know, I'm trying to encourage, my daughter to, to have the right statement to say, yeah, you're right. I don't eat that. And it's because I've just found this path to be a healthier, more sustainable path for, for me, my body and the future of this planet. Right. So how do you combat that with just a little bit of fact every single time to, to get them to think about how they should change themselves. Right. So here's my theory. Tell me if you agree, if you agree, mm -hmm. I think, you know, you hear about people sometimes who become vegans and then lapse and go back to eating the way other people eat. Mm -hmm. And I wonder why anybody would do that. Um, and I think that whether or not you stick to healthy eating depends in large part on whether or not you have the gene that I have for not caring what other people think. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I just, it, it never, it just never concerned me what other people thought of my diet. They could yeah. think I'm extreme. <clears throat> they could think I'm wacky. They, I don't care. I, yeah. I'm going to eat what I want to eat for my own health. For and sure. So when, when I gave up meat at the age of 17, I decided, no, this is wrong. This is unhealthy. I don't want it. And it never occurred to me that there was any chance that I would go back to eating it. And I didn't. Yeah. Um, and I think the people who lapse are the people who let their parents or their siblings get to them. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I, the pressure is constant, right? I mean, I'm, I'm going to a conference next week and I, I, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I was in the shower just thinking about this conference and like, how am I going to eat healthy all next week? while I'm at this conference, you know, cause it's going to be a constant barrage of running from here to there, to there, to there. And how do I find some decent, healthy food throughout now it is a healthcare conference. So I'm curious to see <laughs> if the healthcare conference can support a healthy diet and lifestyle, but don't bet on it. My yeah, friend. Don't, don't bet, bet on, on that. But I, I agree. I do think at the older we get, the less we care about what other people think. And that's mm. where how do we help influence the younger generation to not care sooner or to realize that there is a tremendous amount of people in the United States that support their way of thinking right. and find that community and embrace it. So, right. um, but I, I do think it, it's coupled with it's coupled with just, you know, as a society, 80% of people are still not our way. And so you encounter it every single place you go, right? I mean, I just want to run into the gas station and grab a snack for the next two hours on my drive. And you have to hunt for five minutes to find where they hide the super brown, ugly bananas at the gas station because yeah. that's probably <laughs> the only vegan thing there, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. No, you definitely have to bring your own food with you. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, I don't eat too many nuts and seeds, but when I'm on a road trip, that kind of food is convenient. Yeah, for sure. Um, and um, you, you just can't count on too many restaurants, you know? Yep. Um, you have to, let's say you go to a Chinese restaurant, you could ask them if they have brown rice and if they can steam some vegetables, but I yep. don't trust their cooking very much. Yep. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, so um, you mentioned that young people can find and anyone can find really a whole community of people like us who mm -hmm. lend support. Um, and obviously there are a lot of books and cookbooks and um, uh, podcasts that lend support. What is it that you want real men eat plants to do to fill which niche in this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just trying to get um, your voice and my voice out into the into the world to help showcase that there are other men that, you know, want to see the change happen uh, in the world. And um, we do have a Facebook group. We have a couple other communities we're a part of. Um, so join those and, and just know you've got some support and, and help for, um, adopting this and figuring out strategies to combat some of the, the 
societal pressure that we feel on a regular basis um, and and just dig in with that. So, you know, outside of Real Money Plants, I would just say that there are there is a, a plant based community in your city, wherever you are on this planet. There there is I mean, 12 percent of the United States is you know, vegetarian, plant-based and heading in the right direction with us. So I can assure you there are others in your city as small as it might be wherever you're listening to this. Um, so just go and search on meetup.com, Facebook, Instagram, and find the group, join it and don't be shy. Say hello. This is where I'm heading and who wants to help me. Um, I think it is important to, to put out your, your statement and and have others in your circle whether they're plant-based or not know that you are standing up for this and you want this in your life and find some accountability partners to hold you to that mm -hmm. maybe it's just planning a saturday or a sunday to to meal prep together just get together and cook and put it in some tupperware and pop it in the freezer like whatever it is that you need to do but it definitely um it's definitely about community. So how do, how do we build that community and, and rally together? Now, we've Ooh. talked uh, a bit about the health effects of the diet, and it's settled science, really, from my point of view, that Agreed. the whole food plant-based diet is the healthiest diet on the planet. Um, let's talk a little bit about the moral and emotional side of things, the, the slaughtering of animals. Mm -hmm. Where do you stand on that? Did it, when you ate meat, did it bother you that animals were slaughtered? And, and do you, is this part of the appeal you make to people? I mean, every person's going to resonate with a different piece of, of the story around this, right? I mean, the three big buckets is definitely your health, the planet and the animals, right? So for me, it was definitely the health aspects. And as I unpacked this and learned more and more, I just realized that, wow, our global supply chain is so heaven, heaven, heavily dependent on, on shipping meat around this planet that we're, that we're growing the most amazing cows in Japan and shipping the Waigu around the planet on thousands for thousands of dollars every single day just boggles my mind same thing with the fish industry and others so when you really start to unpack it and discover what's happening in our supply chain and the the detrimental effects that supply chain of animals is causing to destroy the planet um not to mention you know like third for me is definitely the animals like i grew up with cats and dogs and when you start to realize that that pigs and cows are just as smart, if not smarter than the cats and dogs we've been raising. And yet there is no difference between those two, except we kill one and eat it and we don't for the other. Like, you know, we make the joke that the Chinese restaurants are putting the cats in the food, but like realistically we're doing the same thing with everything else. So um, yeah, that's a shame. I and mean, we, we are killing billions of animals every single week. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't like to watch those videos when they pop in my feed. I know it's happening. I still want mm -hmm. to bury my head in the sand and say it's not happening, but I know it is, but I am really glad and proud to say that I am not partaking in that. Um, and you know, and it's funny cause a friend of mine got me 
a brand new belt for uh, my birthday. <clears throat> Leather? Said, yeah. And I said, yeah, I really appreciate the thoughtfulness of your gift. But if I can please have the receipt, I'm going to return it. I would like to purchase a, a vegan belt. So I, I'm trying to even push in that direction in a big way. And they were so gracious and kind. And they actually said, no, 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 give me the belt. I didn't even think of that. I'm so sorry. And they, they exchanged it and got me a new one. And, um, and I love it. It's one of my favorite belts now. So, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it is trying to, to showcase and, and do that. Um, you know, and it's even the simple things of, you know, like, skip the straw at the restaurant like that's not even a plant-based decision right? right that's a planet-based decision can you just skip the straw at the restaurant um, or when you go to the restroom and you wash your hands just take one paper towel it is completely okay for you to leave the restroom with your hands slightly still damp I can assure you they will dry in 10 to 15 seconds of you leaving the restaurant on your walk back to the table. Um, so don't take five paper towels. Come on, people. This is the planet we're talking about here. Yeah. Take one, dry your hands as best you can, leave. Um, and of course, so nothing has a greater, uh, more harmful effect on the planet than animal agriculture. Absolutely, yeah. You know, People can see the smokestacks of a manufacturing plant and they can see the smoke going into the atmosphere and they can't see the methane coming out of a cow. But we yeah. got 1.5 billion cows in the world belching methane. Yeah. And, you know, an interesting thing is that it's, it's the leading cause of methane pollution mm -hmm. in the world, animal agriculture. Mm -hmm. But the um, uh, IPCC, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, wants to posit the idea that that the oil industry is the leading cause mm -hmm. of methane pollution. So the oil industry, they put at 30%, and their problem was that animal agriculture, they pegged at 37%, which makes it the leading amount. So they decided to split the cow in half, and they said, Enteric fermentation, when a cow's, cow's belch, that's mm -hmm. 27%. Yeah. And then from the back end, the manure, that's 10%. So they split the cow in half so that oil could be the leading cause of, of methane pollution in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I, it, it's just... It's interesting to see the politics of the numbers that are so clear and transparent for what we're doing to the planet get distorted like that. Now, I don't disagree the oil industry needs to change, but we as a society are looking the other way when it comes to the plant-based products that we all want right. to eat. And I, and I just I just go back. It's so hard for people to believe unless you've traveled outside of the United States and seen it in other cultures, the fact that a good portion of the world is vegetarian and plant-based and people don't realize that we don't create enough meat on this planet for everybody to eat it already. We don't. And so we need to scale that even, even if you don't want to go plant-based scale back your meat consumption to once a month or once a quarter, and you will have a huge impact on the society that we need to shape for the sustainable future. The I live in, 
I live in North Carolina, um, which is one of the biggest pig farming places on the planet. And the, the disaster and the, the effects of pig farming in the surrounding communities, when they dump the pig manure on the fields and stuff, and just the health effects of that for the surrounding communities is just abhorrent. Um, and so we've, we've got to, to do this. So, Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what you think the right solution is to help push that kind of a change forward into more mainstream society. Well, it's, it's, you know, my life's work to try to transform the world to a, to a vegan society. And uh, it's amazing the resistance that you encounter because culture is so powerful. Yeah. People just want to eat the same food they've always been eating because it's what their parents fed them and their parents love them. And it's what their friends and family eat. Mm-hmm. And there's this failure of imagination to say, well, I can be different. Yeah. You know, I could still love mommy and daddy, but I could eat differently. Mm-hmm. And I could find some way to deal with my friends at work. Uh, when they have a pizza party or whatever and not join in. Totally. Um, but it's the, the culture is so powerful and people think mistakenly that nutrition is a controversial subject, um, that it's, it's undecided what the best diet is. And one day they hear about a study that, oh, meat really isn't so bad for you or eggs are good for you or whatever. And they don't realize that those studies are bogus and that the overwhelming amount of scientific evidence points to how unhealthy meat and dairy and eggs are. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's just like with climate change. Some people say, oh, it's controversial. Is there human-made anthropogenic um uh climate effects well of course there is it's settled science there are no serious scientists who doubt that we've affected the climate climate yeah there are no serious scientists who doubt that the planet is heating that the that the ice caps are melting because of human activities um and and there are no really any serious researchers who doubt that meat and dairy contribute to heart disease. So, I mean, we've known this for 50, 75 years. Mm-hmm. But people want to believe, you know, that that it's controversial so they can keep eating what they're eating and they get fooled by the occasional study that gets publicized, that's a bogus study that... Um, makes the opposite case. I'll give you one example. A few years ago, there was something called the Red Meat Papers Mm -hmm. that was published in a serious or formerly serious scientific journal called the Annals of Internal Medicine. And this study came to the conclusion that people should just continue their red meat consumption as is. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. So you might say, well, what evidence did they do? Did they put a thousand people on a meat diet and a thousand people on a vegan diet and The people on the meat diet did just as well or better. No, they didn't do that. Well, what did they do? They didn't do any study at all. Yeah. It was a meta-analysis. They looked at previous studies. 
of you know tens of thousands of people what they ate and what their health outcomes were. And then they got a panel of 14 people who didn't even have a background in the health sciences. Mm -hmm. And they asked these 14 people to analyze these studies and come to a conclusion and base their conclusions on factors like um, cardiac risk and diabetes risk, and mm -hmm. also the factor of what's easier and what's more convenient. And so they analyzed it and they came to the conclusion that, well, it looks like if you eat more meat, you, you die sooner and you get more heart disease and you get more diabetes. But on the other hand, um, let's give a lot of points to the idea of a diet being easier and more convenient. Yeah. <laughs> so they, you know, they, they dinged you one point for heart disease, one point for diabetes, one point for blood pressure, and they gave you 10 points for being more convenient. And they said, keep eating meat. And that made international headlines. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. No, and it's so true. Like my, my daughter goes to an elementary school that is really highly, highly rated, in my opinion, except for one factor, which is cultural diversity. And that's what drags the score of that school way, way, way down. And it's just <laughs> mind blowing that, that, you know, we're comparing the schools on educational learning. I don't disagree. We should have more diversity at my daughter's school, but I don't think it, it should lower the grade as much as it does because of that <laughs> one factor. But like, you know, you bring up an awesome, awesome point. Like I am proud to uh, point out that I have my plant-based certificate through Cornell with, with um, that thing. I, I Is that behind that. your head somewhere? Yeah. Right above my head here. Um, that's my plant-based certificate. Oh, I, see. I, okay. I proudly, I proudly showcase Right. And I think it's so eye-opening to bring up that fact that you just pointed out, Glenn, that that part of the plant-based certificate program is really going through. And the first couple sections and chapters of it is all about learning the difference between different types of clinical trials, what the results are, how they do a, a cross-sectional study versus a prevention trial versus that, to really understand the science behind what the results mean because based on the different type of trial and and study that they did and that's such an eye-opening thing and then you get into looking at a lot of the the information about plant-based and and whole foods and the effects on the body um it's just a phenomenal program to i can't recommend enough people to try and if that doesn't convince you to go plant-based by the time you're done with that um i'm not sure what will so um, that's just was eye opening for me. And, and I was already on the journey and it just further reinforced so many things I already kind of knew. Now on the subject of what's behind your head, mm -hmm. there is a post, what looks like a poster or a photograph. Yes. And yet it's got animals that are moving. What, what is that? Those are, uh, they're capybara at the Kawasaki aquarium in Japan. But so how, um how do they keep is, moving that is a video clip it's a 60 minute video clip it's um, a 60 on, minute video clip on your yeah. wall yeah it sure is you should open it like a dentist's office or something i know right yeah. um, so it it's fun I, I think this morning there was some it was uh one of the farm sanctuary videos with the roosters yeah. crowing and some animals just sitting on the grass okay. eating some things but there's a ton of different video clips you can put put out there. 
Um, so I thought the animals would be an appropriate one to have uh, during our, our talk today. <laughs> okay. Um, so you highly recommend the, uh, the uh, Campbell uh, nutrition program that you went through. Absolutely. I was looking for something to just, you know, further reinforce the questions that I'm getting on a regular basis, you know, both as an executive and in my personal life, to just mm -hmm. further reinforce what I already knew, but to give me a little bit more ammunition around how does protein work? How do amino acids work? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what kind of foods does the body need? I, I mean, it was so shocking to me, like, <clears throat> my first physical after I went on this journey, um, my doctor said, Hey, your, your iron levels are a little bit low. I know you're doing this <clears throat> vegetarian thing, but I would recommend you just have a steak once a month. Like that's what you need to just get your iron levels up. And, and at that moment I knew like, I need to find a plant-based doctor <laughs> in right. some way. So you're not jiving with me and my mentality. You haven't done the homework yourself. Right. Um, and that's where, I don't know, plant-based telehealth. I think they just rebranded to, to a different love, love something or other. Um, right. That's just one of many plant-based provider networks that I see starting to Im, Im, uh, appear in the United States. So I'm so excited mm -hmm. to see more and more doctors uh, heading down that path with us. Yeah. Um, do you find that... Um your diet is evolving that that you you eat different differently now than you did two or three months ago um maybe maybe not two or three months ago but i'd probably say two or three years ago yeah i would i would probably be i would probably say i was just trying every plant-based processed food under the sun and stuff and i i think me going through both the plant-based certificate program and just trying to further hone and, and tweak, you know, my perception of what I want in my life has driven me more towards the whole food side of things more heavily, like really looking at the ingredients. If, if it's got more than two or three ingredients, it's, it's considered processed in my mind at this point. Right. So I have a hydroponic garden in the house now, really? so I'm growing probably 15 different kinds of lettuce and I walk by there and trim some off and throw a salad together really quickly. It takes two seconds to throw a few um, sunflower seeds or pumpkin seeds in with some tomatoes and a couple of chopped up vegetables on a couple of leaves of lettuce. Um, and as the plant-based uh, team says, just throw a little vinaigrette on the top of it. Um, and you're, you know, uh, you're off to balsamic vinegar is just, you know, my crack no. nowadays. Right. So pop a little bit of that on there. It helps activate the vegetables you're eating. Um, so I can't, I can't recommend enough trying to figure out ways that you can grow your own vegetables or hit those farmer's markets hard on the weekends and stock yeah. up on some amazing produce for the week ahead. Absolutely. The produce aisle is where you should be shopping if you go to the grocery store. That's where you should spend most of your time. 100%. Yeah. And there's always this area of the grocery store, if it's a conventional grocery store, that smells terrible. <laughs> and that's the yeah. dead animal section. Yes. Yes. And you look at it and you think, what are people thinking when they yeah. want to eat food and that just smells terrible? 
And and it's so interesting. Like my brother and I went uh, on a small trip or something and, you know, he wanted to go to the store and he wanted to get some steaks to grill and stuff. And so he wound up spending almost 50 or $60 on the steaks for the, for the dinner with the family. And then he was giving me a little grief over buying the expensive Elmhurst milk there for whatever, seven or $8, whatever it was costing. He said, you aren't even getting a half gallon in that container for seven or $8. I go, I know, but look how much money you're spending on the dead animal uh, to, yeah. to, to grill that up. So don't give me any grief over my 10 bucks on the, on the milk product I want for breakfast. So, so you've got a meat eating brother. Do yes. you debate with him? Yeah, I'm excited to say that we are launching over the summer here a new podcast, Plants vs. Meat. And um, I'm really hopeful that he'll be one of our first guests on there. We are going to debate this topic uh, in detail with him. So um, I think he knows he needs to change, but he's he does have that, that male stigma we need to overcome with him. Coupled with, um, I, I think, you know, he's got three kids running around and soccer and hockey and dance. And and so his, his life isn't, con he hasn't set up his life to conduct it in, in a fashion that will help push him the right direction. So I'm hoping to be a force of change in his life sooner or later. Well, if you have that debate, will the other members of the family vote on who won the debate? Uh, that that's an interesting question. I'll have to pose yeah. that challenge to them, Glenn. Yeah. Thanks for the idea. I think that yeah. would work well. Yeah. All right, Brian. Well, thank you for joining us this morning on the Glenn Merzer show, which can be found. The audio version could be found on the real men eat plants, um, website, realmeneatplants.com and the the video plus audio version is on uh, YouTube at the Glenn Merzer Show. And um, any other uh, announcements you want to make uh, about uh, Real Men Eat, Eat Plants? Glenn, it's been a pleasure talking with you for the past few minutes. I really appreciate you having me on the show. There's more to come with Real Men Eat Plants. We're hoping to not only continue to help promote uh, you and the Glenn Merzer show. Thank you for your incredible work on your, your books and your show and trying to drive this vision forward with us. And like I said, the Plants vs. Meat podcast should launch over the summer sometime. And we're also launching a business-oriented podcast called uh, Plant Based on Fire, where we're hoping to get plant-based business owners to come in and talk about their journey and their struggles and the path towards creating the plant-based business that they're working on and the change that we need to see. So I'm excited to bring those to our sort of little mini podcast network soon and help us spread the word um, to get more men to adopt a, a whole food plant-based lifestyle. Very good. Well, everybody, visit Real Men Eat Plants, uh, download the podcast, and read the uh, blog articles on the website. And uh, we're looking forward to more podcasts under that umbrella in the future. Thanks again for joining us, Brian. Please uh, subscribe to The Glenn Mercer Show. Thank you. Thank you.